the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. There are no words. I say it all the time, and it's probably a sign of my age. Well, actually, it's definitely a sign of my age, but. But every once in a while, I come across a story or, or I experience something that makes me say it. And there are no words to describe what, what I say is that there are no words to describe how glad I am to have grown up when I did. And I had one of those experiences this morning. I was as I was loading my dogs into the car after our walk near a park. I noticed uh, SUVs lined up near the, a pavilion there, and each one would stop in front uh, of a young woman who was standing there holding an iPad. And the car would stop, and a kid would get out of the car, be asked a couple of questions by the girl standing there. Kids were between 10 and 13, and they were re- reporting to some kind of a day camp. And there were a lot of them, a lot of them. And it seemed pretty depressing to me. Um, it made me think back to what I would have been doing on a day or a morning like that one, a day like today. I would have been on the phone lining up kids to play in our daily pickup baseball game. And what I saw seemed so structured, kids with their backpacks, just like they carry uh, just like they have when they go to school uh, they're standing around waiting to be told what to do by camp counselors instead of teachers there was no supervision for our baseball games no adults no teenagers just us uh, we picked up teams we played all day long and the last person we wanted to see was our mother the kids i saw today were committed to being at the camp from nine until four i asked I guess that means an organized lunch. I don't know. But who knows what else was organized? Probably everything. But when I was their age, summer was a time to do anything that felt as far away from school as we could get. I was going to ask if these kids knew what they were missing, but that would be the wrong way of putting it. A better question would be, do they know what they missed? Because the childhood that I remember doesn't exist anymore, obviously. And they'll never know what they missed, and they'd probably never be able to understand if I tried to explain to them what they missed. This is the life of a kid in 2023. Apparently, uh, that's what it is anyway. Our, Our mothers didn't need to drop us off. We got where we needed to go by walking or riding our bikes. No backpacks, a bag, a glove. Uh, and a ball, uh, no coaches, no umpires, no counselors, just kids. And by kids, by the way, I mean boys. You'd have to talk to an old lady to find out what the girls were doing back then. We didn't know, didn't care, didn't want to know. And maybe all those boys and girls I saw who were being marched into an indoor facility this morning to avoid the bad air that we have right now, maybe they had a great time. And maybe it produced some great memories. But based on what I saw today, I just, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to go back to my original statement here. Words can't describe how glad I am to have grown up when I did. And sorry, but that won't be the last time you hear me say that. Anyway, when we come back, speaking of bad air, it, was, it has uh, hit Pittsburgh and it was produced in Canada. And we'll talk to our unofficial Canadian correspondent, Joe Warmington of, of the Toronto Sun, to find out if we should still be blaming arsonists or global warming. And in our second half hour, it's Pride Month, in case you haven't noticed. And lots of gay couples are proud to be parents. And more and more are using surrogates to create the kids, and that has created some problems. We'll talk to somebody who thinks it should be banned. Stick around. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JD Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. 
Oh, sorry. And J&T Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. Nefarious, the number one movie on Salem Now. He's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And it's evil incarnate. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. Nefarious, the Christian movie based on the book by Steve Dace with Sean Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi. Rated 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm trying to. You have to tell me the truth. Here's what Kirk, Tatum, and Prager say about Nefarious. A modern day screw tape letters. Teenagers especially should see it. It makes you think about the true nature of evil and scares the heaven right into you. It is a fascinating movie. It's absolutely gripping. Nefarious. Is he insane? Is he pretending? Or something much worse? You should have accepted my offer, James. Nefarious. Rated R. I think it's time we tell you exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. Watch it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. It took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible, something that doesn't need bailing out, something that can't vanish into thin air. Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War on Cash, free to Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we were advised uh, to avoid being outside as much as possible today because of poor air quality, and it was caused by wildfires way up there in Canada. I read uh, somewhere that 87 million people have been affected by it, and this has been going on for a while now. So what is going on? Are they new fires, or are they still trying to put out the original ones from a few weeks ago? Joe Warmington is a columnist and a reporter for the Toronto Sun. He joins us now. Joe, thanks for coming on again. Haven't talked to you for a while. Well, it's good to be with you. I'm going to try to spin this back and blame it on Pittsburgh uh, because of the steel <laughs> plants. I mean, come on. I know. But, it's uh, killing listen, you up there. Uh, you know, I apologize. Uh, I, I can't <laughs> breathe either, though. So, you know, if we can't breathe, then why should you be able to? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Why, why are you Canadians doing this to us? I mean, I thought uh, you were our friends up there. Nothing to do with Putin, I promise you. <laughs> I have no idea. You know what? Uh, Look, I guess uh, we'll get Greta. You should get Greta on the show. Maybe she'll be able to get some billions out of the governments and say it's because of climate change. I mean, that's, in my view, utter nonsense. I mean, we have forest fires every year. They're a little closer, um, you know, to the the cities this year. Usually they're way up north and we don't get this. But this time they're all within, you know, 100 kilometers of Montreal and Ottawa and in northern Ontario. Uh, not as far north, so you know it, it gets in that 
Gulf Stream and gets on down into places like Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and New York City and Pittsburgh. And so, you know, of course, it's um, people say, well, it's because uh, of the climate change. It's been wet here. We've had lots of rain and things like that. So I, I'm not buying it. Um, I saw the stats. Uh, there are 490 fires burning right now. 255 of them are considered out of control. <laughs> I think it's interesting that they're able to count that, that you know, get it that close to the perfect number. But how long has this been going on, and how big of a story is it up up, up uh, there in Canada? Is it a big topic, or it's, it uh, doesn't matter it's up there a big anymore? Story. It's a pretty big story because of the people that try to say it's because of climate change, so that gets it into the news. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can't miss the, the smell of smoke and you know, whatever it is, it does smell like forest fire. Sometimes it smells like plastic burning, things like that. Uh, You know, it's a bad year for sure. In fact, they're bringing in people from the U.S. and also from all over the world, Australia, Africa, everywhere is coming to help uh, put these uh, fires out. And, uh, yeah, I I would say it's significant, and we've got to keep our eye on it. And, you know, I I, I reported, as you know, a couple weeks ago about arson investigations uh, yeah. you know, all over the country, in Nova Scotia and, and New Brunswick and Quebec and uh, out west and, you know, in B.C. and in in Alberta. And in the case of that very famous one at Fort McMurray where they had the, uh, you know, the oil city there, that was caused by human hands. They never said it was arson because they never could prove it. But, um, you know, there are people that are lighting fires as well. And, I don't think there's too many campfires right now. It's against the rules to have them. And uh, so it kind of ruins the summer, too, because that's kind of a rice rite of passage, uh, you know, for the summer to be able to have the, the marshmallows and all that. But, um, yeah, it's a real, it, this is a really uh, bad year. And uh, let's just hope for some more rain, I guess. Maybe not on my holidays, but maybe right after. <laughs> well, if, if um, you say that you're not allowed to have campfires up there, is that... Even if you want to have a little fire pit in your backyard in, in Toronto, you're not allowed to do that? Or is there, are they talking about, uh, you know, what Smokey the Bear always told us about campfires? No, I don't think you can have one anywhere in Canada. I mean, that seems to be a fire ban everywhere. Um, that doesn't mean that fires won't start. I mean, there's everything from sparks from trains yeah. on the on the rails to someone throws a cigarette out, all these kinds of things, and, and people don't pay attention to. And if you're out in the in the bush and that's how you're cooking or whatever, you're, you're going to do it. It doesn't take much for it to ignite. But, you know, the bigger picture is the fact that it, it blows down into the U.S. like that and the way the, the plume of smoke. How, how bad is it in Pittsburgh right now? Because well, it's really bad here in Toronto. Toronto has it's got a really, really bad rating right now. Well, it's a bad rating here, and I, th- I think Pittsburgh is up among the worst. Uh, I saw that it's really bad in uh, Minneapolis, Detroit, and Chicago. I don't know if that has something to do with, um, you know, the smoke blowing across the lakes. You know, I, I don't know what that means. but Well, the uh, northern Ontario fires are just north of, of Minneapolis. I mean, 10 hours north. But mm-hmm. normally, you know, again, I think sometimes, like, what we've noticed is that the wind seems to be blowing one way and the smoke is coming from another way. So I don't know. When you look at it on the news, it looks like it's swirling around. You know, I, I, I've i never in my whole life, I mean, we co- I've covered forest fires. I worked in Northern Ontario newspapers, et cetera, but I never, I don't recall this. I don't, in this, not just once in a while, like just been seven or eight days like this. I smelled it last night and I said to my son, who's only 10 years old, I said, I think your baseball game tomorrow, we're just about ready to go to it. You're going to be playing in this haze and and smoke, they haven't canceled anything. Uh, we're sort of working through it. I know a week ago, I think I think we've got used to it now. You hear it in my voice, like, you know, it's sort of like affecting all of us, but yeah. it can't be good for anybody. Well, it's good for the climate alarmists because this, everybody, is, as you just said, everybody's affected by it. So if you believe that it's caused by... This is caused by climate change, to the, and, and it's something that affects you to the point that you are actually tasting it. Uh, that really uh, hits home. So this is this is um, isn't it a great noticed, advertisement uh, for climate change, people? Alarmists. Well, it, 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 you know, it, it's certainly taking advantage of a crisis if that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. 
I'm a little suspicious, though, about the number. I don't believe the number. And I also, you know, because I worked in Northern Ontario newspapers, I worked at the Sioux Star. In fact, I went to Pittsburgh and covered, uh, you know, I went to the steelworkers office there and different things because of that job there because of uh, Algoma Steel. And, you know, the MNR, the Ministry of Natural Resources, and all the firefighters were based at the Sault Ste. Marie. And they were really good at this. They'd get ahead of them. They would burn fires to go in a particular direction to avoid them spreading. And they... They were very good at, at making sure that they kind of keep the forest managed so that there wouldn't be a lot of stuff to, to burn in certain areas that were prone to that. Um, and, and they also explained to me at that time that a lot of forest fires are important, too, for the area. You, you have to have old growth burn off and, and sort of regroup. So, you know, I, I'm a little bit suspicious that they don't have better management of it. I think I've noticed something, though, in Canada is the cupboards are bare. As we're into a... It's not like a, a recession or depression in, in a way because it seems like the economy is still running, but infl- it's an inflation depression where people are really, really struggling, which means that the cupboards are bare when it comes to taxpayers' money. We saw that here in the winter when the Rideau Canal, which is the longest skating rink in the world, they didn't open it this year. And they claimed it was because, I think I talked to you about that, yeah. they, they claimed it was because it was, wasn't cold enough, but... It was really cold for two straight weeks in the capital in Ottawa, like 15 and 20 below zero. And they still said, well, we can't open it. And I found out from people that they just don't have enough money to pay all these people to, you know, to get the thing open and to do the work that needs to be done. So I'm suspicious about this forest fire yeah. stuff. I don't know whether the crews are, are, are right in the right places. And well, well for, just for people who don't know what you're talking about there, it's uh, people actually skate the work. In Ottawa, there's great pictures yeah. of the, the, the and it's it's ice for a long time, and uh, and it was shut down. That was a big big deal. That that I mean, it was that's a major tradition up there, uh, and that's the, the nation's think capital. Your, your rivers don't freeze too often. I don't. think. No, they? no, rarely. Not not solid. Yeah, I always uh, the I love Pittsburgh and I've been there. Was well, the movie with Bruce Willis where they showed all the yeah. rivers and stuff? Was <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a good movie, and that that really uh, that really gave an insight into how exciting it must be for people that have boats around there. Oh yeah. Now you, you um, as you as I said, you wrote about the cops uh, suspecting arson during that first round of fires. I think that was like the first week of June. Um, were any arrests made? Have they actually found actual arsonists yeah, yet? Well, not. Not in Quebec, but uh, but they have made arrests in in uh, Nova Scotia and the fires there. I haven't heard of an arrest. I looked around when you invited me on. I tried to find it, but they no, they're still investigating it. Uh, the problem is they're so busy because they've got so much going on that they're not able. They're kind of going after what and putting out what they can. But uh, we'll stay on top of it. I mean, look at I, I'm not saying that every fire in Canada is arson, but I bet you a lot of them are because most of them are human. Uh, they, they don't, you know, this climate change idea that it just spontaneously goes up, or it's so dry in the forest. Mm-hmm. That's nonsense. Uh, it, it's rained a lot in in Ontario and in in Quebec, so it's not that dry. Well, what about forest management? Joe? This, uh, uh, well, they say they say that too, but you know, forest management, like I don't know what forest management is like in the United States. But in Canada, it's pretty hard to do. I mean, there's a lot of forest up there. Yeah. I mean, there's more forest than there is anything else. Yeah. Yeah, but but they uh, in California, where we have the, the, so many fires here, um, it's you, you hear people say that it's because the environmentalists stopped uh, cutting trees and doing whatever it takes to remove the brush. They were doing it to protect the environment, and all it did was lead to when there was a fire gigantic fires instead of a manageable fire. You know, I wish I had some really good evidence for you today about eco-terrorism and that kind of thing, because yeah. I know that that's what we all suspect. And, and I, I, you know, we will get to that if we ever can. But I will say this, that we had uh, this last year a pipeline that was uh, blown up in Western Canada, and it was along the lines of eco-terrorism alleged. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they didn't really jump all over that the same way that they jumped over the truckers in Ottawa. Yeah. You know, they yeah. put them in jail for right. months and months and stuff. But, you know, so so it's like it, it's all political. And 
you know, I'm, I'm certainly, I've got all ears open. If they can prove that this is because of some sort of a warming planet, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be the first to, to report it. I know you'll have me on to talk yeah, about well, it. Yeah. But I just don't, I just don't see it. I, I think that it's, it, I think it's more management and manpower. Maybe you're right, forest management, uh, which I don't really, well, I know I've heard them talk about that a lot in the U.S., but up here, you know, when you think of, of, of the hectare, well, we call them hectares, of forest, I mean, it is, there's probably more forest up there than probably three-quarters of the United States combined. If you consider 100 kilometers north of Toronto here, all the way up to Hudson's Bay, that's basically forest. Well, have the media been interested in, in investigating whether anything other than climate change is to blame, or are they jumping all over that? No, but they covered Justin Trudeau's hair and, you know, wh- where he's going with his kayak and, you know, like today <laughs> he went to someone's house for lunch Good. and you know, that kind of stuff. So they're not, they're not interested in, in – in, they're happy to just settle on climate change. Um, uh there was a real quick. Well, uh, don't forget, I want to thank you for the scoop. Um, that that you're, you're the one that noticed that you said it my way. I am working on it. Um, I don't know if you want to talk yeah. about it now or next time, but well, I I, I want to. Yeah, I do. Uh, the, the, uh, and I'll just throw it out there, and then you can come back on when you find something out. But there's a story about a, a man playing uh, against women in rugby and injuring three players in the same game. That's up in Ontario somewhere. And uh, let's just hold that for when you get more details, because I want to ask you, uh, I only have about two minutes left, and I can't let you go. Uh, We're talking to Joe Warmington, columnist and reporter for the Toronto Sun. I can't let you go without asking you about the Penguins' new general manager, Kyle Dubas. Uh, The NHL draft is tonight. He was fired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's only been here a couple of weeks. He's got a draft tonight. What can you tell uh, people in Pittsburgh about this guy and what to expect from him? Well, you know, you know what? He's a really good, really good guy, and I like him a lot. I don't know him that well. I mean, I've seen him and I've been around him a little bit, but he's quality person, so he'll fit in there, hardworking guy. All he does is think hockey, and he gets along with the players. Um, he's not one of these money ball kind of, you know, number crunchers things. He's loyal to the players, old school, and, you know, Sometimes that works. If it works, it's a great idea. And if it doesn't, it's not such a good idea. Uh, I think, though, where he ran into trouble here was he paid all the guys that he liked so much, like the Marners and the Matthews, all the money, and, and he didn't have enough money to go out and get you know, a couple of rugged defensemen, that kind of thing. Salary, you know, salary cap, cap issue, now. yeah. I think he's learned a lot, though. And don't, don't forget that there's a lot of fingers in the pie here in Toronto. I mean... You know, it's not real easy to do anything uh, without, you know, Bell and Rogers owning the team and, and obviously Mr. Tannenbaum, the, it's the, the chair. I think he's selling some of his share. But, you know, so I think that he'll thrive there. Um, he's around really smart hockey people, which is what he is. He's still a young man. Mm-hmm. He's younger than some of your players are. So, yeah. it's, uh, yep. you know, so, so I, I think it's a good fit. I was really happy that he did it. It's interesting because, you know, obviously Pittsburgh wanted him. He was loyal to Toronto. Uh, you know, he was upset about losing in that second round there, in Florida. And instead of just, you know, you don't go in front of the media and start airing it out. You got to get yourself together before you do that here or anywhere, but particularly here when it comes to hockey. And he sort of, uh, you know, got himself into trouble. But it's, he should have, you know, the best place for Kyle Dubas is there. He's around really smart people. I think they're going to regroup in Pittsburgh with those older stars and go at it one more time. I think he'll have one more cup, and uh, I'd like to see it. I know everybody who leaves Toronto wins the cup, so I, I'm expecting yeah. the Dubas will too. Hey, well, um, we will um, have you on again, Joe, sh- soon, and um, let me know when you hear something about that ridiculous rugby story, if it's true. I'm working on it. You'll see it soon. And uh, are you wearing a mask right now? You know what? I refused to wear one when the, this thing that was supposed to be yeah. so bad that you had to yeah. give up all your freedoms for. I'm not wearing for a campfire, my friend. Good. <laughs> With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden has kicked off a new effort to convince voters that the economy is flourishing. During a Chicago speech, the president emphasized Bidenomics. He argued that so-called trickle-down economics have failed and boasted about low unemployment, job growth, and infrastructure investment on his watch. Guess what? 
Bidenomics is working. But a new APNORC poll finds that just 34% of U.S. adults approve of the president's economic leadership. Greg Clugston, the White House. A brush fire threatening dozens of homes in northern Scottsdale, Arizona, and has prompted evacuations. More than 1,000 people are under evacuation orders. The blaze, called the Diamond Fire, has burned no homes and no injuries yet reported. The Dow is down 119 points, but the Nasdaq up 26. This is SRN News. Are you a small business owner wondering if you qualify for the employee retention credit? With Careful Accounting Associates, you can receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds through this federal program. Just one call to 800-315-8175 is all it takes to find out if you qualify for quick funding with one of our accredited funding partners in as little as 72 hours. Our process has been thoroughly vetted by a team of experienced tax attorneys and CPAs, and our refund specialists will work tirelessly to get you every penny your business deserves. Plus, with our exclusive audit assistance guarantee your business is protected call careful accounting associates now at 800-315-8175 see if you qualify for an erc advance payment and get the cash your business needs to succeed that's 800-315-8175 your small business may qualify to receive up to twenty six thousand dollars per w-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds call 800-315-8175 now Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn a common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah, that was us in 1967. See, we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. And this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy, don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Air quality alert remains in effect for tonight. Hazy and smoky. Air quality will be unhealthy for sensitive groups. The low 55. Sunshine and patchy clouds for tomorrow. Smoke from Canadian wildfires can create reduced air quality and hazy skies tomorrow. The high 83. It'll be more humid Friday with intervals of clouds and sun. A thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon. And air quality will still be unhealthy for sensitive groups. The high 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, in case you hadn't noticed, uh, this is Pride Month. We're 28 days in, and just about every aspect of LGBTQ life has been analyzed and celebrated by now, and that includes surrogacy. Jennifer Law is the president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture Network. She joins us now. Jennifer, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So you don't think surrogacy should be celebrated, do you? No, I don't. I fight all almost every day to stop the practice. Yeah, um, and uh, it was a story that I, 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 I mean, I've it's always it's, it's always seemed kind of strange to me, but I, I really haven't looked into it that much. It's not something that 
it would, would ever affect me, you know, directly. But uh, a story that I saw online yesterday caught my eye. You wrote a story with this headline, when surrogacy goes badly, there are never any winners. And it involves a surrogate who was uh, a woman who was diagnosed with cancer while she was pregnant. Uh, can you tell us what happened there? Yeah, she was about 25 weeks into a pregnancy, a surrogate pregnancy. She was pregnant for a gay couple. Um, she lives in California. The gay couple lives in California. I live in California. And um, the family reached out to me because at uh, 25 weeks, she found out that she had metastatic breast cancer. And, of course, the couple, the gay couple wanted her to abort, terminate the pregnancy. Um, the young woman did not feel comfortable doing that. She wanted to actually be able to uh, deliver the baby and had already found several people that were willing to adopt the child. And the, the gay couple refused to let the child be adopted. So she ended up, uh, she had to find a place, a hospital that would allow her to deliver because the gay couple was putting all kinds of pressure on the hospital uh, management CEOs um, to not to not help her deliver the baby because they wanted her to abort the baby. But she ended up delivering the baby at 25 weeks and the baby died. And this happened on Father's Day, the irony of, of her giving birth and the baby dying on Father's Day. So how much did, would the baby um, have died anyway? I mean, did the, did the, the, sur- the, sur- did the father's uh, uh, getting involved, did that increase the chances of the baby struggling or was it, did that not have an effect on it? No, I mean, I was a pediatric critical care nurse for many, many years, and a 25-week-old baby certainly is a premature mm-hmm. uh, infant. It's, it's, not, it's not a done deal that the baby is not able to survive. Um, but that was one of the reasons why the, the, the dads, the two dads, wanted the pregnancy terminated because they were concerned that if the baby was allowed to survive and live, the baby would have all kinds of disabilities and they didn't want a disabled child and they refused to have the child, allow the child to be adopted because they said they didn't want their DNA out there. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I was trying to get at is it, could they have in a normal situation, could they have waited a few weeks more to give the baby a better chance to survive? Well, the problem was the metastatic breast cancer yeah. diagnosis and her oncologists were encouraging her to begin treatment you know, as soon as possible yeah. and not to wait. I mean, it really, I, I wrote in the piece, you know, it's, it's a, a pregnant woman's worst nightmare, you know, having to save one life and mm. knowing that you might lose another life. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's that, that dilemma that you're in, you know, um, she wanted to start her treatment. She's a young mother. She has four children of her own. Um, so she wanted to take care of her own health and get treatment for her cancer. Well, what got my attention was these two men who um, signed a deal with her to have their baby um, and the control that they had over her. That uh, Can you explain how that works and how the contract works, where they would actually have yeah, some say in that? Yeah, I mean, that is sort of a pickle because you have a physician who's caring for a woman, and a pregnant woman means the doctor has two patients, but then he's got these gentlemen who, you know, have a legal contract that this woman has signed. Um, and there's not a standard contract, so I can't speak to, you know, I can't make, you know, general sweeping yeah. statements. Because each contract is, is specific to the people that draw it up and execute it. Um, but her particular uh, contract said that, you know, she was, was in charge of her body while she was pregnant. So if she didn't want to terminate the pregnancy, they couldn't force her to terminate the pregnancy. But once the baby was outside of her body, the baby was the, the you know the property mm-hmm. of the, the two dads, um, and which is why she was not able to allow the child to be adopted because the baby was no longer in her body, and so she didn't have the the, the jurisdiction, if you will, yeah. over that that young growing fetus. It's such a mess. I mean, it's, you know, this is just one of, I could just tell you stories all night long like this. Um, So, yeah. And this was her second time doing surrogacy. Yeah. The first time she had twins for a gay couple. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it went, it went so well. Everything went fine. Um, of course, she did it again, and then it didn't go so well. What really hit me was these two creeps saying that they didn't want their DNA out there that was not, I guess a perfect advertisement for their wonderfulness. I, I don't. I don't know. 
uh, and you know so they they wanted to tell her to, they wanted her to have the baby aborted because they didn't want their DNA out there. Yeah, it's pretty selfish. It's pretty appalling. And you know, it's interesting because you know I actually spoke to her today. I, I did another interview with her live. We actually spoke on Zoom, and she said that the minute um, everything went, you know, fell apart with her diagnosis of cancer and, and her not wanting to terminate the pregnancy, they they cut all contact off with her. So she labored and delivered their baby on Father's Day, gave birth to their baby on Father's Day. You know, not so much a phone call. How are you doing? She's had zero contact with them. Well, and of course, the way surrogates are surrogates are paid. You know, the money stopped um, once she no longer was pregnant. You know, because they usually get pay- a payment every month mm-hmm. for the duration of the pregnancy. Um, and she said today she has health care for about one more month because the the gay couple purchased her health care insurance and paid for her policy during the pregnancy. And so that's about. And so she's dealing with a you know, metastatic breast cancer, <laughs> knowing that her insurance is about to expire. And, you know, she's not a, she's not a wealthy woman. Rich yeah. women aren't doing this. No. Well, what are the chances of these two creeps um, depositing their DNA in another surrogate and ending up with a kid or two? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not already looking, you know, to hire, you know. And gay men, they buy eggs from one woman, so the surrogate doesn't provide her eggs. Um, so the, you know, they're probably already looking through the catalogs right now, picking out their perfect, beautiful egg donor and, you know, finding another womb to, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just imagining. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously they have the, the financial means. It's not cheap to hire a surrogate and buy eggs and go through all the fertility medicine, you know, drawing up contracts and lawyers. You know, the, I always say the average take home price on a surrogate baby is a couple hundred thousand dollars. So that, that's what it would end up costing the, the the father, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. What what is what would the woman yeah. make for for doing that? Um, it really varies, but in California, a first time surrogate can make forty to fifty thousand dollars. If she's a repeat surrogate and if she's willing to carry twins or triplets, she gets paid even more because she's a proven, you know, trustworthy surrogate that's going to you know yeah. obey the rules. Well, um, how often do they have uh, twins or triplets? Is that something that they can increase the possibility of that happening because it's an artificial procedure? Yeah, they can implant you know multiple embryos into the surrogate's womb. Oftentimes in gay couples, they will do um, two, two embryos and each father has created his own embryo yeah, so they you know they get their you know their own babies their own biological babies but surrogates routinely in california an extra five thousand dollars if they're willing to carry a twin and then they get another five thousand if they're willing to carry a triplet um wh- so what it's, a business. it's pretty sick what what is your is your um you, as you've mentioned, you're a, you were a nurse, or you still are a nurse, but you, at least you, you were a, a, a pediatric nurse, so you you dealt with babies all the time. Is your um, stance on surrogacy based on on your experience as a nurse? Is it religious? Uh, what is it that has you so strongly against this? Well, it's it's strongly um, from my my medical ethics point of view. Sur- most people don't realize that surrogate pregnancies are much higher risk. Um, than a woman's natural pregnancy. I've actually published research, you know, comparing a surrogate, you know, her pregnancies with her own children, her own biological children, and her surrogate children. So they're much higher risk. They're much more complicated. Um, you know, the whole issue of maternal child bonding, you know, this baby, if this baby born on Father's Day had survived, would have left the only, you know, the only home, the only woman he ever knew, his birth mother, and, you know, gone into the arms of strangers. And, you know, we treat, we treat you know, when we got our new puppy, we had to wait by law eight weeks to bring our new puppy away from its mother because it was seen as animal cruelty. Um, you know, and these babies are designed and ordered and, you know, you read a surrogate contract, I go, how can anybody think this is okay? You know, there's abortion clauses, termination clauses, reduction clauses. Um, you know, I've seen surrogate contracts where they waive their end-of-life decision-making so the purchasing parents can decide if the woman gets taken off life support, if she's been injured during the pregnancy. I mean, it's just, it's heinous. So what, how much control does the father have if the baby is born and maybe he, uh, the baby's not quite good looking enough for him? He doesn't have to keep it, right? I mean, you can, 
you can give your child up for adoption. You can put your child in foster care. You don't, you know. So the, no. so the baby is born and there's something that, uh, I don't know, I, I don't even want to come up with anything that they would find wrong with the baby, aside from some major birth defect. They just would decide after the fact, now, nah, you know what, uh, that's not quite what we were looking for there. We're going to try again with somebody else. They could do that. Of course, yeah. I mean, I've had, uh, I've spoken to a surrogate that during the pregnancy with twins, the couple decided to di- divorce. And, you know, they just basically said, ah, you know, we're no longer staying together. We don't want these kids anymore, so you need to get rid of them. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's sickening what, you know, when, when, you know, when you contracted and you bought and paid for something, you treat it like, you know, a property that you own and you can keep it, return it, you know, give it away. Well, what, what, is there a common thread that you find uh, as far as the personalities of these, uh, the two parties involved here, um, the mother and the father? Um, what's, yeah, well, are, they, are, they, are they usually the same type of person who's willing to do this? In the U.S., a lot of the surrogates are military-wise. Oh. You know, they tend to be lower income. Um, they're already sort of geared towards serving and helping and, um, you know, love God, love country, you know, yeah, serve yeah. one another. They're, they tend to be underemployable because maybe their husband gets moved a lot, so it's hard to, you know, get a job when you know that you're, oh, she, you know, her husband's in the military. We're not going to hire her because we'll get her trained, and then in six months she's gone. Yeah. Um, so you see a lot of the marketing and recruitment done to military wives. And they tend to be lower income, and they tend to be young moms that have a couple of children of their own. So, And that's sort of intentional because these women aren't going to get any ideas and want to keep the baby, you know, because they're doing this mostly for the money. Um, and then the purchasing parents, I call them purchasing parents because they are, they're buying a baby, um, are, are all over the map, but they tend to be... Um, obviously wealthier people that mm-hmm. can afford this because this is very, very expensive. And so far, you know, insurance doesn't cover you hiring a surrogate or buying eggs from a college That's, girl at that, Stanford, you know. Yeah. That, so that, and it's, it's the demographic for gay men is growing mm-hmm. um, because gay men are a wealthy demographic in the U.S. and obviously they can't have children naturally um, mm-hmm. because they're two men. Right. Um, but it's but it's heterosexual couples Wait a minute, too. Jennifer. Men can get pregnant now. Haven't you heard? <laughs> Where have you been? Yeah, I'm working. I'm working on an article right now on that. Yeah. Well, you uh, having babies. Yeah. Um, you you're involved with a documentary called Breeders, a sub subclass of women. Um, yeah. Where where did that title come from, and how has that uh, documentary been received? Well, it's um, the title came about when I was working in the pediatric intensive care unit at the University of California, San Francisco, and I worked with a lot of uh, gay male nurses, you know, healthcare people, and they always used to just jokingly refer to women as breeders. You know, you're mm-hmm. the breeders, you're the ones that have the babies. Yeah. Um, and you know, they they are treated as if they're a subclass of women. Um, you know, because they've been you know hired to do a job and they need to obey and comply and you know mm-hmm. get in line. And, and give the baby away. So, um, it's, you know, that movie is a little bit older. My most recent one is called Big Fertility, and that's another uh, documentary um, on surrogacy. And, you know, my films, you know, they're all free on my YouTube channel, and YouTube hasn't shut me down. That's kind of a sign today with how well you've been received. <laughs> Have you been canceled? Have you had your YouTube channel shut down? Um, it, it hasn't been shut down yet? No, no, I haven't. I haven't, and I've produced ten documentaries, and I'm I'm going into production this Friday on my eleventh documentary film. So we're talking to Jennifer Law. It's L A H L. Where can they find this uh, these uh, documentaries on YouTube? Uh, but just under your name. Yeah, uh, they could just Google the Center for Bioethics and Culture Network uh, okay. on YouTube. This that would just take you to our organization's channel, and it's tons of content there, not just our documentaries. We have a podcast. We interview a lot of guests. Um, so plenty of informational um, content there. Most of our films have been translated into multiple languages because the things that we're talking about today, John, they're not unique to the United States. This is happening all around the world. And and is it happening more and more, I'm guessing? It is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's becoming more it common. <laughs> I feel like I'm busier than ever, so my efforts to stop it don't seem to be um, be working. But I'm not going to give up. I'll keep I'll keep raising awareness and telling 
the stories like I told today that you you know that you read yesterday. Yeah, well, what do you, what do you say uh, to? We, we've talked about uh, in, in the the case that caught my eye, the story that you had about the two gay men. Uh, there are also women who just uh, can't produce, uh, can't get pregnant, and they want to have a baby, maybe with their husband, who then uh, artificially uh, inseminates uh, a surrogate. Do you have less of a problem with that? No, because it's still a high-risk pregnancy to the surrogate mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still using the surrogate woman as a commodity, a vessel. Um, it still comes with all the problems of, you know, maternal child bonding. You know, in our research, we show that, you know, surrogate mothers had much higher rates of postpartum depression than when they were pregnant with their own children that they kept, which makes sense. Guilt. You know, your bodies, our bodies are designed to bond and our babies bond with us and we bond with them. And there's this whole new field of epigenetics where we know that the DNA between mother and child is, you know, is shared and going back and forth through the umbilical cord, through the blood. So even though it's not that, that woman's genetic child, there's a lot of stuff that's happening that's, that's normally good and encouraged, you know, to bond. We always encourage moms and babies to bond. Um, but in surrogacy, we sort of manufacture this, you know, sterile, don't, don't bond, don't get connected. You know, you're just the easy bake oven. They always say you're just the easy bake oven baking the cupcakes for these nice people. Wow. Well, hey, I uh, after reading the story yesterday and talking to you today, I definitely have a different opinion of surrogacy, and uh, I'll be keeping my eye on the Center for Bioethics and Culture Network, Jennifer Lal, L-A-H-L. Hope to have you on the show again. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll be back. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. Nefarious, the number one movie on Salem Now. He's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And it's evil incarnate. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. Nefarious, the Christian movie based on the book by Steve Dace with Sean Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi. Rated 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Help me! I'm trying to. You have to tell me the truth. Here's what Kirk, Tatum, and Prager say about Nefarious. In modern day screw tape letters, teenagers especially should see it. It makes you think about the true nature of evil and scares the heaven right into you. It is a fascinating movie. It's absolutely gripping. Nefarious. Is he insane? Is he pretending? Or something much worse? You should have accepted my offer, James. Nefarious. Rated R. I think it's time we tell you exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. Watch it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. 
That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to do this quickly. The Muslim-controlled city of Hamtrak, Michigan, approved the slaughter of animals at residents' homes for religious reasons. The city council, whose members are all Sharia-compliant Muslims, approved the torturous, inhumane, unsanitary Sharia practice that, among other Islamic causes, helps aid Islamic terrorists. During the Islamic holiday of Eid al-Adha, Muslims perform kurbani, that's barbaric live animal slaughter. The holiday is celebrated by Muslims worldwide, highlighted by torturing and killing terrified animals in the public square. For ham-tramp residents, this means they will slaughter large animals barbarically in their backyards or inside their homes. Muslims prefer heavier sheep, goats, lamb, buffalo, cattle, and camels to slaughter for this holiday. The weights of the animals for slaughter should be heavier than 60 pounds. The revised ordinance requires those who barbarically slaughter the animals to notify the city ahead of time and to perform their slaughter in a way more or less compliant with health regulations. This is what's going to go on in a city in Michigan and they do it because the, the supposedly killing the animal this way makes the meat taste better, and there's also a religious component to it. I don't care what religion it is. I don't care where these people are from. That is sick and should not be allowed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Carrie Lake is here. John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.